Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration. Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for MTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing We let get the fuck up on stage and rock the scene We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy that band I turn and head back to the bar For a refill, man, because you know where we are We're headed out to the car to smoke another one, what? and another one Woo! Now just when the magic starts kicking in Now here we left playing, and you know it's time to head in Alright everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it, and then pass it to me, yeah We do what we want, and what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want, what we want to do we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the field for the show tonight. It's down and dirty in five, so we're headed outside to spark up another joint. Now, who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the US economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' me Rockin' the rollie, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do a sloppin' We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Dance with the band and enjoy the band We do what we want and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band.
Locals Audible Smoke Signal. That song is called Locals, and you're on Down Ballot. We do the show live every Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific, till whenever it's done, and then I usually do red light until fucking 2 in the morning. I'm an idiot. I'm Producer Dave, and you can find me at damn near anywhere. And with you, as always, is the Councilman. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore Councilman or uh, up on the contact page on the Echoplex Media website. Welcome, listener. Welcome, viewer. Welcome, everyone. And welcome, President Trump, to your retirement. <laughs> almost. Almost, almost, almost. Right. Uh, Do you see them, like, uh, borrowing items from the White House? Yeah, that was uh, uh, the good wife and I were having a good long chuckle about that. The our particular favorite was the Abraham Lincoln bust that <laughs> the one is the one advisor was carrying out the the back door. Like, oh yeah, I brought this from home. Um, so that that was pretty sweet. But um, we shall see what goes down. I don't know if you caught the CNN interview today with the uh, the Metropolitan Police officer from D.C. who was you know pulled into the crowd and tased and beaten near you know beaten up and threatened to be killed with his own gun um and survived it was pretty pretty uh powerful interview pretty powerful journalism um yeah more and more is emerging about what's going down in our country right now none of it's good except for joe biden i mean that's just like fucking marginally better right god god bless just boring god bless boredom <laughs> we might be bored but we, at least we won't be offended every day <laughs> and maybe we might get some good things done in the meantime too well this is our local news show everybody so we're gonna do some local yeah. news what do we got leading off councilman well leading off this week is quite a bundle um so uh we've been tracking this story for a while the reporter our good friend miss wadsworth from san jose inside broke this story originally um and it's been uh, now taken up by the investigative unit at nbc bay area news um that the sheriff has gotten herself into some hot water in the past year or so um, regarding some uh, rather uh, illicit seeming uh, campaign contribution concerns around contributions for that were exchanged for concealed carry permits, which are kind of hard to come by in Santa Clara County, um, and other shenanigans. Um, so uh, a few of her cohort and uh, I think even her second in command have been indicted. Um, she has not yet been indicted or, or implicated directly, but she did plead the fifth in some uh, grand jury hearings uh, last year uh so just recently this week um the grand jury testimonies have been unsealed so the investigative unit took a dive into the specifics and it's even worse than anyone thought restaurants along this stretch of downtown cupertino served as key meeting locations for many of the events outlined in the grand jury transcripts According to the transcripts, about a half dozen Apple security execs met with sheriff's officials, including then-Captain Rick Sung, at the Lazy Dog restaurant to discuss obtaining concealed carry weapons permits for their team. Because many of the Apple security executives were former law enforcement officials who did not support Sheriff Smith, they were told that there was no way Apple could get the CCWs for any of their personnel. Jump ahead a year, and at another restaurant just down the street, Panino Gusto, where Sung, now undersheriff, told Apple security executives Eric Mueller and Dave Golo that the sheriff's office might now be able to get the coveted CCWs for Apple. At that same meeting, Mueller, a former FBI agent who'd been granted immunity in exchange for his testimony, told the grand jury, 
Rick Sung told us that the sheriff was running for re-election and asked for a campaign contribution to her re-election campaign. I do remember being asked for a campaign contribution. Gullo, a former Campbell City police chief who did not support Sheriff Smith, also testified that after being asked about supporting Smith, I felt it made a red flag come up for me. I felt it was unusual to have the conversation about us asking for a service from the sheriff's office and politics. And for me personally, I try to separate, always separate those. In the transcripts, prosecutors say they have evidence that Apple's head of global security, Tom Moyer, met with Sheriff Smith in June 2018, just before announcing that Apple had been granted four CCWs for their security personnel. In October of that year, according to the transcripts, both Mueller and Moyer each gave a $1,000 donation to Sheriff Smith's re-election campaign. Under Sheriff Sung was later indicted on bribery charges by the grand jury, as was Tom Moyer. There is no evidence that Tom Moyer made any bribe, was asked to make any bribe. Tom did the right thing, and these transcripts prove it. Ed Swanson is Tom Moyer's defense attorney. Of course he is. The grand jury transcripts show no quid pro quo exchange of money or bribe. That guy, that guy looks like everybody's boss at Apple. Right. Of course he's the or attorney. attorney. Or everyone's attorney, right? Yeah. And no quid quo, no quid pro quo, no quid pro quo. <laughs> Yeah, that guy looks exactly like an attorney. Well, I love this so far. Everyone's just trying to cover their ass. You know this goes all the way to the top, and you know there's all sorts of shit going down because everyone's just playing CYA. Like, oh, I didn't know. I wasn't aware. I didn't realize that I was. They were. They gave me the permit because I gave the contribution. That was never, you know, my understanding. I just really liked the sheriff, and so I gave her a contribution. And wow, what do you know? I got a concealed killer. I got four concealed carry permits. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, as yeah, far as bribes go, this is pretty small too, like a thousand bucks. Yeah, well, they, uh, there's there's a couple different uh, situations here. There's the can the donations to her campaign fund, her own personal campaign fund, um, which are limited in terms of how much you can give, an individual can give. But there are also um, packs that were set up to support her uh, her campaigns, independent expenditures, and folks can give as much as they want to those. So um, uh, there were uh, pretty substantial donations given to either both or to to the pack as well. Um, but yeah, even then it's, it's, you know, that's the sad thing about a lot of this is we're talking about, you know, a couple thousand bucks here and there, right? Nothing that really, in the end of the day, probably swayed the election, right? Um, uh, she won pretty handily re-election and she has the past four times I think she's run. Um, but it's just the principle, right? And it's, it's the, it's the trust and the, the, the corruption of our, of our political system that we have to be concerned about. Anyway, let's hear more of what the attorney has to say. That was... Tom going through the process exactly the way you're supposed to. He was meeting with the sheriff to talk about step one, give a thousand dollars related to security at Apple. <laughs> one of them involved asking for um, uh, CCWs for four security personnel at Apple. From that conversation, he understood that that was something that the sheriff was supportive of. San Jose Sharks hockey was Sharks. Also discussed in the transcripts. Several people, including Congressman Mike Honda, testified about going to an election victory celebration at the game with Sheriff Smith in a suite at the SAP Center. Honda, a longtime Smith supporter, merely testified that he attended the event, and there's no evidence that he knew about or participated in any way in the pay-to-play scheme. Sheriff Laurie Smith has consistently declined to comment on this investigation or the results of the two grand juries. She did appear before one grand jury 
but asserted her right not to testify under the Fifth Amendment. Her undersheriff, Rick Sung, did the same thing. Attorneys for the other people indicted in this case have all said their clients are innocent, and they look forward to proving that in their day in court. I'm Stephen Stock, NBC Bay Area hmm. News. One thing I noticed about that that I thought was a little bit weird was that he seemed to be like doing the interview on his laptop, like from a parking lot somewhere. Yeah, I've, it's been very interesting, some of this uh, COVID journalism, um, because... You know, reporters had been get these new local news reporters, especially and TV reporters have been getting to be like one person shops. So they all they just drive around in their their car, or their little van on their own with a camera setup that they set up and then they record themselves and then they edit it and submit and ship it in or uh, submit it because, um, you know, news is cutting back on their resources. Uh, but yeah, now it seems like I, I've seen this with others. They they do their interviews like they're in their backyard or at a, you know, it's basically wherever they can get good Wi-Fi. I don't know. Maybe their car has better Wi-Fi than their house. But yeah, it's or, or they, it's just like, oh, I need a different look for the backdrop. I need to cut to myself. So I need, you know, I don't want to be in like, a, you know, just my Zoom room again. I want to be outside or I want to be live, right? Um, how many times have you seen that where they cut to like, you know, this story about like national politics and here's our guy live at city hall in San Francisco. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have to be there. Um, but it just makes it more intense and live. So that's all I can imagine. Well, it looks like, it looks like people are fucked. Yeah. The, the sharks things actually, he didn't, they didn't get into what the, into the details there. It's, it's that talk about petty. That's really shitty petty too. Uh, apparently she, like this, the someone donated to her or gave her the suite at the Sharks game to use, right? Uh, one of her campaign donors. Um, but instead of reporting that gift, which would have been a substantial amount of money, like for a suite, you know, for a night, it's probably like 2,500 bucks or something. Um, she had her staffer or one of her underlings purchase three of nosebleed cheapest seats in the house for the same game. And uh, ostensibly those are the tickets that she and her under sheriff and one other staffer used. And, uh, even though they all attended the game, it's in the suite and she was hosting a party in the suite, which included Mike Honda. Um, kind of, it's kind of surprising why Mike Honda is now out of office. Uh, <laughs> uh, he might, he doesn't really remember lots of things. Um, anyway, but God bless his merry soul. Yeah, I did notice guy. that he, uh, when apparently, according to the newscaster, when he testified, all he testified to was that he, I don't know. I was there. I was, I was there. Um, she had a party in the suite. I have no idea who gave her the suite or what was going on. And that's probably true. No, I, I'm, I'm absolutely certain Mike had no idea what was going on. Um, but that's, that's sort of my, my point is that he, he was not quite aware of a lot of things. And that's why he um, got ousted by uh, Rokana, I think. So, um, yeah, so the, this is not good. People are fucked. Sheriff's fucked. Um, the Mercury News is now calling for her to resign. Um, and you know when that happens, it's only a matter of time. Um, <laughs> the Mercury News is one-man editorial board. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not looking good. Um, so meantime, um, not only that, bearing down on the sheriff, the sheriff is not entirely responsible for the jail system, but they she does oversee it. The sheriff's office oversees the jails. Um, they don't oversee the the, the guards. Um, uh, that's a different... Uh, bargaining unit, but the sheriff oversees the jails, and there's some some issues in the county jail right now with uh, the Rona. 
At a COVID outbreak at the Santa Clara County Jail, 109 cases, the majority of them at the Elmwood Correctional Facility in Milpitas. Now, those are the highest numbers since the start of the pandemic. Sheriff's Office says it has safety protocols in place to prevent any additional spread, including daily rapid testing. That was some lazy video there, by the way. They were talking about Elmwood, and all they showed was the, the county jail <laughs> uh, near downtown. Um yeah, so it's not looking good for if you're an inmate right now um, anywhere. I don't know if you've been following this, producer Dave, but the state the state prisons also have uh, massive outbreaks right now, um, and it's uh, it's actually impacting me personally. I've got a, a family member who's who's tested positive uh, and is stuck in one of those hell holes. So it's it's not looking good. And if you're in county, um, I mean, if anyone's been to county before or has seen what goes on, it's 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 pretty tight quarters, and they're usually pretty packed in. Um, so it's it's very easy to, uh, to spread something like that around. Um, and I, you know, all these folks are, a lot of these guys are and gals are smokers, right? They have pre-existing conditions. They're not probably um, in the best state to be getting a respiratory illness. Um, so it's, we had, it's worrisome. We had uh, Jeff Black uh, join us uh, via Discord. Oh, not, beautiful. Not long after he got out of uh, jail himself, right at the beginning of all this coronavirus stuff and he was up in Portland, but he was like, hey, if this virus is what they say it is, everybody in that motherfucking jail is going to have it. Right. Yeah. And then we're hearing uh, just the, the third or fourth case of uh, Congress members in D.C. who caught it more than likely when they were all stuck in that safe room and the Republicans were probably all contagious and weren't wearing masks um, or or the freaking mob that in, <laughs> invaded the Capitol without masks. Um, so it's not looking good for the sheriff. I mean, these are just these are both really bad things. Um terribly no good very bad things uh so what does one do when you're a, an elected sheriff and you're facing calls for resignation and there's rona in your jails and you've got a, a pay-to-play for guns scandal raging you announce a task force Raj, the sheriff's office says they've seen an increase in right-wing extremists calling for violent uprisings in messages that they're posting online. So sheriff's office has decided to put together a task force. This is a special task force that will better investigate any right-wing terrorists or <laughs> terrorist groups that may be planning on launching an attack like the one last week at the Capitol or if they're considering hurting any other public officials, destroying other types of government property, or harming the public in any way. Sheriff's Office says this is not about silencing free speech. This is about stepping in when that speech turns into planning violence. Just saying things that, that are negative or positive, you know, towards the government is absolutely your freedom. However, when we start talking about taking arms and going to war and setting up dates and times to do these types of events, then it becomes uh, a little bit of a concern for law enforcement. The sheriff's office says the group will also be partnering with outside agencies, including other departments and the FBI. They're also asking the public to call them if you have any information about terrorist activity, you can remain anonymous when you call in with a tip. We have the number for the anonymous tip line down below on this screen. We're also going to make sure to include a story on our website at <laughs> NBCBayArea.com, so you can also find it there. Back to you. There it is. 808-4431. So I would um, say this is total bullshit, except for some of the chatter I've been seeing is focused around some of the companies, the social media companies, and Facebook and Google are, in fact, in Santa Clara County, so... 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be actually. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it, if there was chatter and stuff was going to go down. Um, it's it's just a the task force element is very very uh you know convenient announcement to make, and it's it's actually it's kind of funny. It's almost like a Trumpian move, right? You distract and obfuscate with something, um, you know, just something bold in another direction. And on top of that, the irony is it's something bold that's taken, out, you know, that's basically playing off of a Trumpian move, right? So it's it's like the good version, like uh, doing a, ta a task force for good. Um, so that's that was the big announcement this week from the sheriff's office. So funny story, like I had to dig to find that investigative unit story about the grand jury because this story had bumped that off uh, the the pedestal. Um, so goes to show the power of um, you know free press and the power of messaging. You know you can change the narrative even if it's really really bad. Now that doesn't mean that she's not going to resign tomorrow. Um, but at least she had a day where she didn't take the L all day. Um, so we shall see. We'll keep you posted. I did text Miss um, Wadsworth earlier today to see if she could come on. She is a little bit busy, as you might imagine. There's a lot going down um, on this story. So we'll try and get her on a future episode of Down Ballot so she can give us all the juicy details that she probably hears that we don't hear unless she writes about it. <clears throat> or just some or just some like background, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> She's been covering the story, so even just on background and to make it like more understandable or whatever for the listener, it's not the worst idea in the world to have the original source of the reporting on. Absolutely. Plus, plus to the extent that people listen to this show, I feel like if we can amplify uh, the voice of someone like Jen, I think that's really important. Yeah. Not to give her even bigger plugs, but if, if you're interested, um, she does have, you can go to her, her page on San Jose inside. She has a, a text uh, line that you're a text uh, group that you can join and get, not ex you know exclusive yes but you know timely and and uh, updates about uh leads that she's following before you see it in print or in her blog so um she's definitely doing her best to uh to do real journalism do a real journalism um which which we should all be really uh excited about because there's just not enough real journalism going on right now out there um so again we'll keep track on the, of this story um if the sheriff does resign um if there's a press conference or something we might you know i might King producer Dave, we might cover it live. Who knows? Um, yeah, but, uh, that'd, be, that'd be easy enough. If it's in the middle of the afternoon, as these things usually are. Yeah. So there's usually about, a, you know, those kind of things about an hour notice. You know, you hear, oh, the there's going to be a press conference. I wonder what that's going to be. Um, because it look because it looks really bad for her. And she could, I suppose she could theoretically, she got reelected in 20, wasn't last year, it was 2018. So um, she could theoretically hold on for another two years and just not run for reelection next year. Um, and just hope that, you know, nothing else goes horribly bad and she doesn't get indicted. Um, and that, ever, no, you know, no one sells her out. I really doubt that that's possible. It's just, it's just all the signs point to yes. All this, all the arrows point back to her, all the arrows point back to her. Um, so I don't see how she gets out of this unscathed, um, without having to resign at some point, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. Um, we had, we had a, you know, county supervisor who basically who had to resign but only after he got indicted for campaign fraud in the hundreds of thousands of dollars so um people are stubborn around here but there's no shortage of people who've been waiting for this moment for a while um you know it seems like she's a, she's a rather polarizing figure it seems like there's a lot of people who don't like her yeah she's been the sheriff for more uh, about 20 years you know so uh she's one of the long as far as i know she's one of the longest tenured sheriffs elected sheriffs in the country um, so she's obviously got some friends. She gets them reelected on the regular, right? And not many, 
usually the only people that are going to challenge you as the sheriff are people who've come up through the rank area and part of the department. And that's happened. Captains and others have run, but it's it's been really difficult for them to get traction within the department and get support because she is so powerful. She's also a Republican. She's the highest ranking Republican elected official in Santa Clara County by far. I don't believe she's, re, you know, she's reneged on her membership there yet, like others have. Um, and yet she garners support from, you know, broad spectrum of Democrats, including, you know, Cindy Chavez and other really big leaders in the Democratic Party and labor locally. So she's built a broad coalition. Um, and Cindy actually defends her quite a bit and will, and has gone to bat for her quite a bit. So uh, she can hold on um, a little, but I, I just don't know how long um, it's going to get it's going to get bad, but she may have to get indicted before she finally resigns. Could be the case. Yeah. Speaking of indictments and, or non indictments, shall we say, um, we're going to move on to, I think winners and losers. Our next, our next segment where we love it because there's just usually aren't any winners No. And even if someone wins, they're usually a loser. When you just don't want to see, you're like, fuck that person won. God damn it. Right. So, uh, winning this week, um, who we don't want to see winning are, wouldn't you know it? Cops in Vallejo. That's, it should be like a, we should actually have a whole segment of this. I think every week, this is, uh, this is from KTVU to Fox news. So literally anything could happen when I press the play button. Watch watch out for the Metamucil ads. We've learned tonight that criminal charges will be filed against the six Vallejo police officers who shot and killed Willie McCoy. You may remember that officers shot and killed him after he was found passed passed out in his car in a Taco Bell drive-thru with a loaded gun on his lap. New at 10, our crime reporter Henry Lee is here after talking with a special prosecutor who made the decision. Henry? Yeah, Frank, this shooting and its aftermath was just a big source of controversy. These officers fired 55 shots altogether, and in this case, no one wanted to review the case until the special prosecutor came in. Gun, gun. Six Vallejo police officers will not be criminally charged for fatally shooting Willie McCoy in a Taco Bell drive through in 2019. McCoy was asleep in a car with a gun in his lap. I felt that all six were legal, legally justified. It. Authorities say the officers fired 55 oh. shots in Yeah, that's 55 shots in about five seconds. McCoy was hit by about three dozen of those rounds. As soon as the officers dead, there was no more threat, they stopped firing. Special Prosecutor Michael Ramos, a former San Bernardino County DA, reviewed the case at the request of Solano County DA Krishna Abrams, who recused herself. The state attorney general also refused to step in. Ramos said McCoy clearly posed a threat. We had this individual with a gun in his lap that was loaded, um, that you have to... Um, Shoot him 55 times. As a, you know, Monday morning quarterback. And- One of the officers who opened <laughs> was terminated by Vallejo police, not for deciding to shoot McCoy, but because he fired a shot while another officer was about to be in the line of fire. McMahon Oops. was also cleared of criminal liability for fatally shooting Ronell Foster a year earlier. In a statement, Vallejo police said, the death of Willie McCoy is a tragic loss of life. We continue to extend our heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of Mr. McCoy. So this is a, you know, not surprising, but it's still, it's shocking, sickening to us. Civil rights attorney Melissa Nold represents McCoy's family and says the gunfire was excessive. It's an overkill. It's unnecessary. A man who hasn't actually grabbed a weapon or opened fire on you to continue to shoot until the person is just immeasurably deceased 
immeasurably. Now, among the materials used. reviewed by that special prosecutor was a report by a use of force expert, but he was hired by the city of Vallejo. And that expert found that those 55 shots were reasonable. Frank? Henry, is there any reaction? We obviously saw the reaction there from the family's attorney, but is there any reaction from the family? And, and what specifically could they do now? Well, Frank, they are pressing on with their federal civil rights lawsuit, which names the Good. city, the former police chief, and all six officers, including an officer who was fired. So they intend to press for changes and potentially a settlement. All right, Henry Lee, live for us tonight. Henry, thank you. Live in his study. <laughs> just, uh, just, yeah. Right? So, winners, winners <clears throat> and losers. I have, this is... I have some, like, okay, so I guess he was passed out right when they came upon upon him he was passed out with a gun in his lap in his car yes with the windows rolled up that was that was how the officer i don't i i do not know the circumstances as to how the officers came upon him if someone like saw that saw him sleeping with a gun in his lap and called the cops or if the cops were going to a taco bell to do a run for the border you know and saw him i don't know but they all they saw was a guy passed out in his car with a gun in his lap and they drew their guns on him he woke up and they said he went for his gun, but, you know, he never fired a shot. He never actually got his hand on his own gun um, before they put apparently three dozen rounds in him. They shot 55 rounds. These guys really need to work on their, I mean, not to be cynical, but their marksmanship. They they wasted 20 rounds at point blank range. Like, these are not really good cops <laughs> when it comes down to it. They're not very skilled. But this is it's awful. It's horrible. You heard that fusillade. That's like, that sounded like a machine gun. You know, for a guy who hadn't even, hadn't done shit at that point, or then he had, an, he had an, an unconcealed weapon, which apparently, you know, uh, I mean, it's not illegal, but it's certainly suspicious behavior. Necessarily, it's not necessarily illegal, right? He could have had a permit. They don't know that. Well, um, my my other question is like, let's like, let's like set aside. It's weird to say, but let's like set aside the fact that they blotted somebody, right? Isn't that? danger to public safety firing that many rounds like isn't that like yeah i mean you heard you heard that the only reason that one cop got fired was because he sh you know he recklessly shot and could have you know hurt one of his fellow officers fucking god forbid right that was why he got fired not because he blasted the the guy in the car um who's now dead uh but yeah because he endangered his fellow officer like that i i don't know i don't know shit about i've never trained to be a cop or in law enforcement or the military i don't know about tactics right but there's also fucking common sense and it's just like you see these videos and you wonder if these guys even are properly trained or if they listen during their training or if they know you know if they're just cowboys that are out there doing their cowboy thing you know it seems to be the case more often than not and it's like i don't understand like knock 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 on the window hey bro you doing all right feeling okay can we help like you know, oh I, uh, I would you could also say we we noticed a gun on your lap. There are many yeah. guns pointed at you right now. Could you can I right. can can you open your door and let me take your gun? <laughs> right. Yeah, we don't want we don't want to hurt you. We don't want you to hurt yourself, you know. If you're feeling down, man, it's all good. We all get there like just something know, just, like something like roll hey, down the, roll down the window. Let like, me get your yeah. yeah, it wouldn't I mean it'd be just be like, "Hey, there are guns trained on your car right now. Don't move." Right. It's like, I get it. Like if it was me personally, right. And I saw this and I was, you know, it would freak me out. I probably wouldn't bought, I wouldn't try to help if I saw, once I saw the gun, right. Cause it would, I, I'd just be fearful for my life because I don't have a gun and I'm not trained in how to deal with people with guns who are mentally unstable. 
police aren't trained to deal with people who are mentally unstable at all. They're they've they've given gun training to deal with people who have guns that are shooting at them right and they've been trained hopefully how to use their own gun and that's it they're not trained how to deal with a mental health crisis which is probably what the guy was going through why else would you be passed out in a taco bell parking lot you know at a decent hour with a gun in your lap you know like you're either on drugs or you're depressed or you're thinking about robbing the taco bell and you forgot and passed out and just got bored and passed out or you got food coma from eating too many seven layer burritos i don't know chalupas um so it's it just none of this makes any sense and it certainly doesn't make any sense that they don't even that they couldn't find um even some sort of cause to to reprimand them i don't care fine don't indict them but like nothing nothing not even suspension nothing at all no admission that this was wrong in any way so well, it must mean that it's totally right according what I, to them what i saw in the video was as soon as they the one dude yelled gun it seemed to me that any attempt to communicate with the guy was gone. Yeah. Because they weren't looking to communicate at that point. They're just like, oh, gun. Defensive position or offensive position, however you want to look I mean, at it, right? Taking, Guns drawn. Now, when, when you see the gun, I guess taking yours out and shit is fine, but you still have the ability to communicate and hold your gun at the same time. Like, Yeah. And it's also, there's also, you know, I mean, I, again, I, I, know sh I know about cops from friends and then from watching movies, right? But, you know, you also don't have to, you don't even have to unholster your gun, really. Just be ready, right? Like, you, you turn off the safety, you, you've got your hand on your gun. You don't have to raise it and put it at the guy, you know, because... I don't know. It seemed like escalation, right? Like violence begets violence. If you raise your gun at someone, you know, natural instinct is to raise your gun back if you have one, right? And to defend yourself. So what if you didn't raise it and point it at the guy and you just made a real good point of, we all have guns, bro. Like you're or, not, you know, you, or can, you, you can take one of us, but you're, or, you know. Or you let people out of his eye shot fucking pull out their guns. Yeah. Right. And be like, hey, right. you know, you can only see me and the guy in front of the car. But there are yeah, other tactics. officers, they have guns trained on your car because we right. saw your gun. Right, tactics, right? Like, the guy who's talking to him is talking to him, and then you've got at least a couple other cops who are ready to go in case something does happen, right? In case he does try to shoot, you know, their partner. And then you, like, but, ask, is your gun loaded? And the guy says, yes, yeah. my gun is loaded. Right. And then you say, is your door unlocked? Right. And if the guy says, yes, my door is unlocked, the cop goes, I am going to unlock your door. I'm going to open your door right now and, and take your gun so that we can have a conversation. Right. And if any, if, and if the door is, if the door is locked, then I guess you have to start thinking on the fly. Like, okay, how do we, how do we, you know, right. you don't bash the window. You think and, you like, can unlock the door for me? Right. You know, like we've got, you know, be like it's, specific, it's, use your left hand to open the yeah. door for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you know, the situation is not, it's, it's, uh, we've got this situation covered. So just be cool. Do these little things and no one gets hurt. We can all go, and we can all go home tonight. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we can all go home alive. We can all go. We can all make it through tonight. Okay, cool. Like, do you have kids? I have kids. I don't. I don't think any of us want to go down that way tonight. Let's talk, right? Like, simple. But you know, again, I don't. I'm not in the situation, right? And I can't put it on the cops for not having appropriate training and how to deal with these kind of situations. Um, that being said, like we, it all comes back to common sense and, and just, just the basics. It seems like this is fundamental. So the training obviously needs a lot of work across the board in police work, you know, obviously. And we need, I think, different types of people in police forces, not just, you know, the grunts who are just going out there ready, you know, to, to serve, but to, you know, they, they bash heads and they want to, you know, bust the bad guys. 
we need more people in police work who really genuinely want to help and sometimes help the bad guys, sometimes help people that are making crimes and doing crimes um, because there are many, there are other circumstances that are causing them to do crimes, right? And they probably need to go to jail or some, some sort of re rehab, but they also don't need to die. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about this either, but I just feel like <clears throat> I just didn't see any attempt to deescalate the situation. Mind you, what the and police, what, what, the, what we saw in the news was very quick. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything, but yeah. I mean, if the dude was just waking up and he was moving his hands around and stuff and b they knew he was passed out. I mean, I don't know what my hands are doing when I'm just coming to, when I wake up to, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And my, I mean, shit, my brother, you look at my brother is a great example of this. He is a pretty heavy sleeper, but when he, so when he wakes up or if you wake him up, he will get, he has that, like, I don't know, you know, where disassociated kind of vibe where he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know who you are, even me. Right. Um, and you know, he's actually grabbed me like, you know, <laughs> to take me down once when I was, we were camping once I woke him up and he, he almost like he was in, he's in jujitsu. He almost put me in a chokehold, um, just for waking him up. So yeah, that shit happens a lot. So I, but, but again, the window, like he's in the car, he's laying down. It's like, he's not in it. He's not really threatening, right. Other than having a gun in his lap. So if this hadn't been just another case of, if, if this was the only isolated incident with, with Vallejo PD, you know, I could give benefit, I could give some benefit of the doubt, but this seems to happen, as they mentioned, with the, one of the same officers quite a bit, um, with young black men in Vallejo. Um, so there's, there's, it's, it's definitely a, a cause for concern and a going concern there specifically. And civil rights activists are well aware of it too. So yeah, I would, I wouldn't make so much conjecture if I didn't think that, um, this was a systemic problem in Vallejo. So with another oh. story, we've been kind of covering on and off for like a couple of years now. We're going to move on to the ghost ship. Uh, ghost ship yeah. was a uh, illegal party venue in Oakland that was a very unsafe illegal party venue in Oakland. Um, there was an electrical fire because there was bad electricity and they were trying to throw raves in there. Um, some Something caught on fire due to their poorly implemented, we'll say, electrical system. And uh, a bunch of people died. Um, I don't know anyone who died, but I know several people who know one or more per people who did die. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, it's, uh, it's kind of a symptom of, to some extent, of it being harder and harder to find places for entertainment. Uh, not to yeah. say that the people involved shouldn't have been more responsible, but it like is a bit of a symptom of oakland particularly cracking down on the all-night parties instead of issuing permits like they used to when you would right. get a permit before it wasn't super expensive and uh the fire marshal would come through and make sure that you could put people in the place and the fire marshal right. would have said no at this place right there were there were rules and you followed the rules and you got the permit and everything everyone was happy you got to have your party and no one got hurt you know like, I, I threw many i threw many an unpermitted party but uh, I don't know. People might know Big J. He's been coming on local love a little bit lately since we in implemented OBS Ninja. But uh, me and him were kind of talking about that. And like what me and him were always looking for when we'd throw a party is the blankest ass warehouse you could find. Right. Nothing in the ever... fucking warehouse because fucking concrete ain't going to catch on fire. Right. And these folks had, you know, couches, beds, tapestries on the wall. And a know. warehouse, a warehouse space would have rolling doors for emergency exits if need be. And this was like they, a, um, they did not, this was like kind of like a live workspace from what I understand, narrow yeah. hallways designed for, you know, uh, occupancy for by people living there, not designed for events. 
Yeah, I think like the main entrance even was accessible only by like a staircase to the second floor or something. Right. And it's just, just a trap, an absolute trap. Did you ever play a gig there? By no, no. Um, somebody had contacted me about a gig. It was with a friend of mine, Edgar, and he hadn't seen the spot. And it was this spot. And he contacted me. He's like, oh, we're going to have to uh, postpone the party. This is not going to work, yeah. And I, I figure he got there and was like, oh, hell no, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, the latest sad chapter, uh, and hopefully one of the last sad chapters in the story, uh, uh, the gentleman who, I think is the owner or the, the, or the promoter um, for the ghost ship has, is going to take a plea deal, it looks like, so he's not going to have to go back through trial again. Um, but yeah, this is, the, this is the story from our, our local news outlets at CBS. Ghost ship warehouse fire could be coming to a close. The Inferno killed 36 people. And tonight we're learning the remaining defendant, Derek Almena, is considering a plea deal. KPI X5's Kenny Choi live in Oakland with how some of the family of the victims are responding. Kenny? Ken, family members of the victims tell us that this is nothing close to closure that they had been seeking upon hearing of the plea deal this morning. They were informed via a Zoom conference by the district office, district attorney's office in Oakland, and it appears that Almena will not be serving any more jail time for his role in the 2016 fire in East Oakland that killed 36 people. Almena's first trial in 2019 lasted four months and ended with a deadlocked jury 10 to 2 in favor of guilt. His co-defendant, Max Harris, was found not guilty. For the families, it is a crushing blow that they're not going to be having another trial, that Almena is not really being held accountable. We are glad that he's admitting it and pleading guilty, but he's not being held accountable. I have a heavy sinking feeling. This is as close to justice as we're going to get. And that's she's realistic at all. Almena served nearly three years in Santa Rita jail, but was released last year in May when authorities released nonviolent offenders after a COVID outbreak within the facility. We also reached out to Nancy O'Malley, the district attorney in Alameda County, for a statement. But a pending, but a gag order in this case is prohibiting prosecutors and attorneys directly involved in this case from commenting. We're live in Oakland. Kenny Choi, KPIX five. Okay, I have one thing. Man. I have one thing no, I got to go say, and I've been go saying ahead. this since the drop. The person who owned that building knew what was happening in that building. They did not evict these people. They kept took taking the rent. There could have been some situation street where she was like, "Hey, you know, I didn't know you were making money here. They may have been paying additional rent because of the events, because of the right. added risk for the property owner." But my, <clears throat> I. There's absolutely no way that the person who owned that property did not know what was going on there. And the fact that yep. that person has faced no accountability in this really, really makes me mad because that's the person who benefit, right? Like the money from the parties went to pay the rent <laughs> probably. Right. right. Like that's what I'm guessing was going on here. They're probably paying the lease on the space by throwing these parties, renting it out to promoters or throwing their own events yep. and charging at the door. And so, you know, you follow the money all the way up to the top and like, unless that person, you know, I mean, there was interviews with that person on the scene, like a couple days after it or whatever. Yeah. So that person knew what the fuck was going on. 
Oh, but they weren't they like, you know, oh, I had no idea, and this is so horrible, and I feel so awful, and blah, blah, blah. And then his attorney comes in and says, there is no legal obligation on the part of my client to blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm sure the law being what it is, you know, it's, just, it's not surprising that that person didn't have to face any sort of legal punishment. I wonder, and I don't know that the victims haven't filed some sort of loss, you know, civil lawsuit. Um, it's not going to bring their kids back or put this person in jail, but taking a big chunk of money out of them um, never hurts. Um, it's something. So there might be a civil lawsuit that they can wage against both the the property owner and the and the promoter. Um, I don't want to give their names, frankly. They're, just, they're, they're not worth saying. Uh, but yeah, that's it's just it's awful. I don't even remember why they they weren't able to prosecute the the property owner. But there's got to be some sort of you know property law loophole or something that some attorney. Oh well, found. I mean, there's probably some. You know, it's like if I was cooking fucking meth here, it's not like uh, the property management company would have to go to jail with me. But I think there's right there's like if you're doing something quiet, that's one thing. But if you're throwing a fucking rave. Yeah, there's just no way they didn't know, but they can claim plausible deniability and say, oh, I don't know where they got the money for the rent. They paid me the rent on time every month. And, you know, I went by, I drove by the place a few times. There was some graffiti, but nothing, no big deal. And everything looked fine. You know, my, and the, and the, the guy and the, the renter and the property manager said, everything's fine. So I don't know where they got the money, but they paid me on time every month. And that's probably all they had to say. And that's, and that's that. You're right. Or their lawyer so, but, just told them not to answer any questions. Right. But there could be, I mean, if they, I, there's got to be a way for a, a civil lawsuit here. There has to be. Um, and they could get discovery and hopefully get, you know, get some more information and find out what he did know. But well, if all their conversations um, about this were in person, it would be hard. But yeah, I mean, to get, the, it's, it's getting the proof. And that's, that's the only reason I can think they haven't filed suit yet because they, they can't nail, they, they don't believe they can nail him. Um, and then with this, with the pr uh, promoter dude, he's, you know, he's served his whatever. Th the courts will say he served his three years and that'll be the plea deal. He'll, he'll plead guilty and time served and you know, he'll have to live with the stigma forever. Like I don't think he's getting, he's not going to be getting a corporate job anytime soon. Um, but he gets to go on living his life, you know, and I mean, I'm, you would hope that 36 souls on his conscience is something to, you know, something to, to weigh him down for the rest of his life. But it's, it's probably small consolation to a lady who lost her daughter, you know? Yeah. The other thing is like, if, if the civil suits start to fucking come out, he may end up, he may end up to save his own ass. Be like, Hey, she knew. Yeah. Right. Like well, he'll, yeah, I, he'll, he'll, I've he'll already roll. taken, like he could just be like, Hey, I've taken criminal responsibility for yeah. this. You know, yeah. I've, I've, I've done my time. And yep. if you're going to come after me civilly, you might want to think about going after this person because they knew yeah. on or about this date. We had this conversation on or about this date. We had this conversation on or yeah. about this date. We had this conversation. I wouldn't be surprised if his plea deal actually included an immunity from civil, you know, suit that more than likely was what happened. Um, I, uh, I wanted, I wanted to also mention like when, when we were doing, uh, we got a spot, uh, Bush and Van Ness in San Francisco, mm. the landlord knew a hundred percent what we were doing because he came up to me with a little bag of pills and he said, I believe these belong to one of your customers. <laughs> <laughs> one day Bush I was like, Whoa. And he's like, Bush and I know Bush and Van Ness is like near city hall, right? That's, that's pretty close to like, right, civic center. Right by, um, Regency ballroom. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It was under I a karate studio. It was the dopest ever fucking possible location because those mats on, on the karate studio, you couldn't hear shit outside. We were oh, in a sure. subterranean. We we're like sure. in, the, in the basement. 
the basement of Cobra Kai? Uh, I don't know if it was Cobra Kai, but it was, yeah, it was a karate studio. So you couldn't hear anything like outside because those, oh, for sure. The mats are, oh, who, they suck up all the sound. Oh, for sure. I don't know if they get like thicker glass at karate studios too, you know? Well, I don't think no loud shit, but I'm, but the mats, they just sucked up all the sound. But the oh, idea that, that just to me, the idea that this landlord didn't know what was going on is fucking absurd. It's no, it's, it's, you're right. It's absolutely absurd. So, um, again, we are tracking and we will uh, let you know if more develops, but this might be the, the last chapter for now for a little while until, um, like I said, if there is a civil suit, we'll let you know, but that could that probably be the next step. Um, I hope that's, I hope we hear about that someday. Um, I hope there's no more bad news for these people. It's, it sucks enough. And all the friends and people who knew them and people who were there who got out, God, like the trauma, the trauma is what you forget about. Like the re the recurring trauma that just goes on and on and on. Um, that's that's survival's why guilt shit, right? Like if you got out and your friend yeah. didn't. Yeah. That's why I think that this guy, you know, regardless, I don't care how much you think people are heartless or whatever, he's going to feel this forever. Like he's going to think about this every day, many times a day for the rest of his life and the people that died because of his negligence. Um, and so, I mean, that is, that is some consolation, but again, it's not enough to bring back your kid. Funny kind of friend. related story. The, I was at, like when this was all up in the news, I was at Safeway and the guy checking me out, I was like, you look familiar. And he's like, oh, I look like the ghost ship guy. <laughs> God. He's like, I just got hired on here and had to, had to, you know, I had to prove to them that I am not the ghost ship guy. He's like, I look just me, like him. Yeah, they asked me he's to like, that's beard. why I look familiar. I'm like, oh. I'm like, that sucks. He's like, yeah, I'm not the ghost ship guy. I don't do raves. <laughs> <laughs> I get that I look like Steve Carell. I get it's similar. Um, anyway, well, Oakland really has to get its shit together in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, this is just a, a little, uh, little uh, uh, what do you call it? A teaser or a little, little break, a break, a respite from all of the, the down news. But Oakland still needs to get its shit together because they seem to be dropping shit all over the place. In other news now, a dramatic drop in downtown Oakland when a cargo helicopter lost hold of a heavy piece of equipment. We received this video from witnesses. It all happened on Clay Street around 10 yesterday morning. The helicopter was lifting what appears to be an industrial air conditioning unit when suddenly it drops. Workers were jumping back. Amazingly, no one was hurt. Witnesses tell us that air conditioning unit, though, they saw was heavily damaged. <laughs> the air conditioning unit did not survive. Your palate cleanser for today. I mean, that shit happens, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure it happens all the time. You just don't get it on video all the time, but that was beautiful. The only thing that would have been better is if they had been picking up a porter potty. Oh, that wouldn't have been better. Poop everywhere. Yeah. No, better for us. It would have been, it would, would have oh. been slightly more down ballady. So Zoot in the chat said that's an expensive mistake. Yeah, like, like think about you think about like just a like a, a pretty decent air conditioning unit that you might put in your windows, like you know five or seven hundred dollars. But that thing was the size of a fucking like 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 half of a shipping container or a third of a shipping container or something, right? That thing had to have been like fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars, right? Oh, for oh, absolutely. The industrial air conditioner, yeah. I mean, think about just your air conditioning bill, and then think about how much it costs to, for the machine that makes that bill. Um, but yeah, that uh, that dude, dude also said that, he, that would have been way funnier if it had been a porta potty. So we'll, we'll we'll look for we'll do a Google search next month or next week for uh, porta potty drops. <laughs> I think that that would, <laughs> that could get really good really quick. There might be a rabbit hole there. Anyway, um, well, 
Moving on down ballot, as we normally do, this is where we take a look at um, some local political stories that are cropping up in our in our neck of the woods here in the South Bay or around the Bay Area. Um, and uh, sure enough, um, MAGA exists everywhere, even in Campbell, California. So a local um, elected official is a really loose term for he's he's on the republican central committee which is an elected body locally but anyway um so uh he got himself in a little hot water because he was trying to incite an insurrection apparently well we can start that in six seconds when this ad ends like i said yeah, I, was, I, was, I was trying to t- i was trying to talk over the ad they, they were nice to us in the last one so i thought we were we were in good graces okay here we go Oh, and the sound too, of course. Official to resign following a series of social media posts inciting violence. KTV's Candace Charles joining us now live with more on these posts and details on the story. Candace. Yeah, on January 6th, that Santa Clara County elected official publicly posted the war has begun, citizens take arms. And that's just part one of the post the local leader posted. Now, officials say and his constituents want him to step down that we will not tolerate by any means any type of violence in any community, Republican or Democrat alike. Just days after violent protests erupted on Capitol Hill, California Democratic Assembly member Evan Lowe saw this. Facebook post from Santa Clara County elected official Phil Reynolds inciting violence and calling for civil war. This is not just harmless rhetoric. This is incendiary and this is Uh, fundamentally against the principle of our democracy. Reynolds, who's an elected member of the Santa Clara County Republican Party Central Committee, posted the comments just as a mob took over the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to overturn the election. Just days before the violent protests in D.C., Reynolds posted these photos of himself at a Stop the Steal rally in Los Gatos. This is not your average citizen. This is a public elected representative. Reynolds is an Air Force veteran who previously ran for Campbell City Council and Congress, but lost. He now holds an elected position on the governing body of the county's Republican Party. In a statement to KTVU, the party's chairman said, We denounce the political violence at the Capitol and have been consistent in repudiating political violence and those who advocate for it. But Assemblymember Lowe says that... Except for Donald Trump. On Friday, the Silicon Valley leader tweeted this calling on the party to denounce the violence and Reynolds. It's important for all stakeholders who have influence to help effectuate change and to denounce the violence that we've seen in our democracy. Yesterday, the SVGOP tweeted this response to the assembly member, denouncing the violence, but not Reynolds. The Republican Party truly believes in the fundamentals of our democracy, then they need to speak out. Now, throughout the day, I spoke with the party's chairman, Shane Patrick Connolly, who said he didn't have time for an interview, but sent along that statement. He would not confirm if Reynolds will be asked to resign or if he condemns his statements. Reynolds can step down on his own. If he does not step down on his own, his constituents would have to be the ones to go ahead and vote him out of office. Of course, we'll keep an eye on all this. But for now, reporting live, Candace Charles, KTVU, Fox 2 News. I like how Candace accents her syllables. Yeah. It's got that Campbell and uh, Chairman. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Also, just wanted to thank uh, SJW9000 for the raid. Welcome, Raiders. We're uh, just finishing up our uh, local news podcast here. Anybody listening on the podcast who doesn't know what I'm talking about, come on over to twitch.tv slash Media and follow us, and you can see the stampeding goats for yourself next time. So Seriously? <clears throat> um, 
do you know who this guy is? Like, had you heard his name before this or is it just, is, is it not like, is it not like he's a mover and a shaker or somebody that somebody like you and the good wife might know? He is a mover and the shaker within the Republican party. And he's, uh, we are, he's what well, he is well known, you know, as low in local political circles. Like if you follow local elections, like the good wife and I do, he, yeah, yeah he's ran for Campbell city council, uh, multiple times and never been elected. Um, he's, he's not done horribly. I mean, he usually finishes one or two spots out of the, the, the running, um, and then he's elected to his Republican Central Committee. They get elected every four years on the primary ballot. So he'll actually the next chance they'll have to vote him out is 2024. So he's he's good until then if he doesn't want to resign. Um, I've never I don't think I've met him, but I've certainly come across him because I've run races in Campbell and for city council, not myself, but um, I've helped others. So I've come across him and, you know, he's exactly what you would think. I didn't I didn't really peg him as a MAGA um, somewhat or a, or a civil war aficionado. Um, but, uh, apparently he is, um, I always saw him as more, more of a, just a moderate Republican conservative, the kind of guy who his lawn sign is like the American flag, right? Behind right. his name, right? That's, that's pretty standard for, for, for his ilk. So I, I never pegged him as this, um, that said, you know, the last four years, I haven't really come across him in four or six years. So the last four years have obviously, um, empowered and, and inflamed and, and enabled, um, and I think, uh, what's, what's the word indoctrinated or, uh, radicalized, radicalized. Thank you. Radicalized. A lot of folks, even folks like this, like they say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think they can, you can definitely take everything an old dog has learned and use it to yeah radicalize them. So, um, wouldn't be surprised if that was what was going on here. So it's a little, it's a little sad, but, um, but it, again, it's, you know, and it's giving a great opportunity for Evan to, for Evan Lowe, our local assemblyman here to, um, uh, to go to town on this guy and to, to get some get some love for himself too. Um, Kevin, of course, is a former council member and mayor from Campbell, so he's got he does definitely has a lot of standing to to speak on this issue. Um, so he was very upset about it. I definitely heard from his team about it um, when it happened. That's how we found out about it. Um, or I think uh, the good wife might have seen the tweet originally or the the Facebook post. Um, but yeah, I'm glad this guy is being brought to task. We're we also know the party the Republican Party chairman, um, Mr. Connolly. Uh, because he's the chief of staff or was, sorry, he was the chief of staff. It's past tense now. He was the chief of staff to our favorite Almaden city council member. You know who I'm talking about. Johnny Camus. Johnny Camus. So he was his <laughs> chief. He was his chief of staff was the Republican party. Chair I talk a lot of shit about Johnny. I, I talk a lot of shit about Johnny Camus, but I would get drunk with him. He's got to be real fun. He's just got to be real fun. I'm sure to, he wears interesting hats um, he tells jokes or he thinks he tells jokes so that, you know, he, he'd be pretty fun. But yeah, uh, Shane is uh, not only Johnny's chief of staff or former chief of staff, but uh, also the chair of the Republican Party in Santa Clara County. Um, and it also um, an out uh, gay man. So he, he is a log cabin Republican, as they, as they, they call it. Um, and yet supports Trump and this and his politics of hate. So go figure. Um, so we have many, the good wife and I have many, many fun encounters and, 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 uh, interactions with him in Twitter and in real life. Um, he's, he's just a joy to be around. I'm, a, I'm a little surprised maybe that not that there's, there would be like Trump supporters around here, but that, that the Republic, like a Republican who's run for office in a, in a town like Campbell would be posting that kind of weird shit. Right. Um, it's surprising, but like, like I said, I just think it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of brought everyone's uh, boundaries and barriers and, and, and 
um, what's the damn, I'm, I'm losing my English tonight. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's breaking down our, you know, our sort of personal barriers, the walls that we put up between our, the, our true selves and the world. Right. And Facebook has, as you know, it's, it's become sort of the ground for, it's, it's just, it's a natural progression, right? That's, that's what it does. It allows you that space to not be your, to be something else, right. Or to be your true self. You I'd know, like to see what Facebook groups this guy's in, honestly. Yeah, I think sure. like I'm, I think sure. like people don't understand that you can tell a lot about somebody by what kind of Facebook groups they're in. And I think that might yeah. be one of the main reasons Facebook pushed groups so hard because the content that is in the groups, especially the ones you're participating in, it tells them a lot about you. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that might be why they pushed his, groups so hard. But you can just I mean, I just wonder like which groups was he in, you know? His profile is probably still public. I mean, I'm sure he hasn't taken his Facebook down, so you can probably look and find out. Um, you could also check his old campaign websites, like in the Wayback Machine, or if you go to like uh, Ballotpedia, find out who endorsed him, right, and what and what who supported him, who gave him money, too. Um, it might be an interesting look. See, I remember looking at it, but I didn't really think much of it because he never really raised a lot of money, and that was one main reason why he didn't win um, his races. Uh, but yeah, he's one of the he was one of the more I mean, if there if there's such a thing as a prominent Republican in Santa Clara County, he's it, or he was it. So, um, yeah, the Republican Central Committee, by the way, fun times. Check that check that meeting out sometime. I don't know if the Zooms are public. We make our Zooms public for the Democratic Party, but um, <laughs> Republican Central Committee is a blast. I've attended a few, just not not for interest, but uh, work. Anyway, uh, well, we'll keep an eye, obviously, on that and see if. Uh, Mr. Reynolds resigns from his position. Um, it'd be more juicy if he was actually on the city council. Then, we'd, then he'd have something to—I think—something real to resign from. The Republican Central Committee is not much to be spoken about. Um, all right. Well, we're getting to the end of the show here, but there's always another thing, and it really is a nice palate cleanser this time. It's very quick, um, but I don't know if you guys have caught this on the news lately, Producer Dave. But the elephant seals are back. They come every year to Marin County into the North, the North Bay shores and they flock there and they are sort of on their, their annual migration pattern. Mm -hmm. They invade the beach, apparently at Drake's beach, and they just lay out these elephant seals, lay out on the beach, relaxing, storing up energy, soaking up the sun and vitamin D and getting energy built up for the next part of their big journey. Right. Um, unfortunately it means that the beach has to close down and humans can't have any fun, but Hey, we're not really having any fun on the beach anyway. So this is just a, I couldn't get any video of the, the, the news coverage of the full on invasion and incursion. Um, uh, they were, it's an insurrection. It wasn't an incursion, <laughs> uh, but this is so the seal insurrection did not happen yet, but I did get a nice clip of the seal mating call. Uh, this is part of their mating, uh, migration. That's why they're, they're looking for mates. That's why this such a big deal so anyway this is this is the elephant seal mating call what, tell me if this would get your get your uh your your boat floated <laughs> what do you got, think it's got a good beat yeah right it's like a little guttural sounds like i don't know it sounds like he's kind of like beating on a steel drum maybe i don't know or anyway um but but I have to say, like, imagine, like, if you live over there and there's, like, thousands of these fuckers doing that. Right. Right. At the same time. Oh, my God. All all off rhythm with each other, too. So it's just, like, this one beat and vibration. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, yeah, if you live in Marin, you live near Drake's Beach, watch out for them elephant seals. They will come right. And apparently, like, 
just during the course of the year they don't give a fuck they you can do a search for elephant seals marin on google and you'll find some videos like they just come right up the street right up downtown like you know people are eating at their um their favorite artisanal cupcake shop right and the the elephant seal comes rolling up you know so that's kind of cool as long as they don't like as long as they don't like steal your beer then it's 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 fine right they're really cute i mean they showed babies too and they're oh they're so adorable and they're so yeah check out the elephant seals don't hurt them don't feed them um but let them do their thing and get their mate on and that's down ballot that is down ballot so i've been talking about this trying to mention it on every podcast that we release this obs ninja fucking champ right it's pretty nice it was all i had to do was click a link and then put in a special password that producer Dave created, and I was suddenly in this weird, crazy digital space where I can see him, and I can see the clips, and I can see myself, and yeah, and it's all in my browser. Yeah, and it lets me decide, uh, like there's three windows on your your side, right? But only yours right. is up on the screen, and then I have a local camera that's putting my camera up. So... And I just wanted to mention this thing's been a a real champ for us. We had some problems with it, but it was just me trying to figure out the settings because it's not like super intuitive. Like you have to add little tags to the uh, URL to make it do certain things. Once Mm -hmm. I figured out how to use like the pro audio tags and to make it like favor audio over video. Oh God, the sound is so good and it it works great. Um, Yeah, I'm really impressed with it. Other streamers should check it out because I know a lot of y'all are using Whereby and uh, Whereby is nowhere near as cool as OBS Ninja. Although I will say... You start adding a lot of people to your meeting and you need a beefy fucking computer for it because it's peer-to-peer. There's mm-hmm. no server processing the video. It's all being processed on by the endpoints. So there's no there's no limit on how many. Um yeah, there is. I mean, how much okay. I mean, for me, I don't know how many it would be, but people on the other end, if they have like a wimpy computer, you know, it start everything just starts getting choppy for them because their computer can't handle it. So you're sure. limited in that way. But I for mean, sure. as far as quality, the quality of the audio is really good. You're sending me uncompressed audio like wave. And, um, the videos, the video is okay, but I have a, fa- I, there's a tag. You can make it favor the audio over the video, which is really good. Nice. The, the audio, the video will, will freeze before the audio starts freezing. So that's pretty smart. So I just wanted to mention Especially that. And it's a, it's an yeah. open source project. Uh, the code's up on GitHub, which HK is really interested in. Although I've been bug, he's like, Oh, I should go take a look at the code. I'm like, you should go help them. <laughs> Why not? But this, Why yeah, not? this is a great thing. Any any streamer should definitely consider using it, especially if you have more than one remote guest at a time. It's like really, really useful, and uh, it lets you. There you go. It, it's just got a million settings. You just have to be willing to spend a little bit of time to cha- to fix the settings, and uh, especially if you have guests who are maybe not familiar with uh, Discord, this is just this is just the best. Um, Where can folks find this miracle? OBS Ninja. OBS Ninja. What I would suggest though is. Um, there's a guy named Chris Marquart and he has a YouTube channel and they go over all the features They he's going over it with the, um, the creator of the software or with the main creator of the software. And they've been cool. doing this kind of YouTube series on it. And that's like, when I first saw it, I'm like, huh? Cause it's not like intuitive. You don't have to log in like there's, but right. I was able to, I just watched a few of those videos and I was able to kind of get the idea. And then I was like, oh, and then I searched his channel for, you know, just the word, the word pro audio. And then I watched their episode about what the pro audio does. And then it had a whole bunch of other stuff about like how to manipulate the audio and how to change the settings. You could, I could do things like limit your bandwidth. So like if you're on a shit connection, I can send you a link that it's not going to try to ever give me high quality video. It'll just try to give me like medium quality video. Like there's all different kind of things you can do with it. it is incredibly customizable 
and I've, nice. I've been super happy with it. Um, like I said, the only problems I've had with it so far have been my own problems or problems with Pulse Audio in Linux because Pulse Audio is garbage. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring that up again. Any streamers, even podcasters, if you're doing audio only, this is still a great way to get somebody to remote into your show. Uh, the councilman was on remote this whole time, and uh, this is live to tape. I didn't like go through and master and clean this up. So just uh, you know, keep that in mind out there, anybody who's doing any kind of recording with remote guests. I would imagine if everybody turned off their webcams, you could get 50 people in on this and it wouldn't even do anything to anybody because all the, all the bandwidth and processing power has got to be on the video. So we're really going to have to do a show at some point about how good this show sounds. God, damn. like it sounds the same, like discord sounds pretty good, but this sounds better. This just straight up sounds better. And the videos, the videos better. Um, yeah, every, everything's just better. Your video stopped a couple times, but on other services, when your video stops, so does your audio. <laughs> mm, In this case, when your video paper. started to, you know, just get a little choppy, the audio just kept going. And that's like so important for releasing the audio only podcast. So that's uh, fabulous. If, if you're checking this out as a podcast, remember we do stream live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. We're live fucking seven days a week. Um, coming up is uh, Operation Catterday. Starts at 8 p.m. on the conduit tomorrow, 9 p.m. We hit Twitch. Uh, Meow. Sunday, as always, we have the uh, Humanist Community Silicon Valley Sunday Forum at 11 a.m. and then the Plex at 7. Then you can go to our website, Echoplex Media, to find out all the rest of the stuff. Give us your money, patreon.com slash Echoplex. You need some walking off music, Councilman? Yeah, uh, that's always a good time. Um, let's see. How about some uh, Joan and the Rivers? Oh, you know which song pick, I like pick, by pick, them? Pick a song. Yeah, pick one. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, man, there's so many of these. I like their song called A Chick Named Tim. There you go. I used to know A Chick Named Tim. It's a song kind of like a boy named Sue, I guess. True. But I guess he was a dude, but we can call him a chick for now. He'd probably hate it, but he's not here. So, all right. Live listeners, hang out. Uh, patrons, obviously, you can see that the MP3 keeps going. Hang out. And uh, podcast listeners, if you wanted to see what happened after this, you could go to twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media and grab the replay of this. You could join us at Patreon and grab the audio, patreon.com slash Echoplex. It's a chick named Tim by Joan and the Rivers. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us this evening, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Peace.
Bang.